Hi, friends. Welcome to the Church Abused Coach podcast with me, Laurie Sullivan, an author, teacher, wife, mother, Nana, ex-minister's wife, survivor, Jesus-loving daughter of a fantastic, faithful, and ferocious God. If you, like me, have been abused by a minister or church and want to be heard, to heal, to live in hope, I am so glad you're here. In this podcast, we will break the silence on this issue, actively pursue healing, and determine, choose, pick, declare to live victorious anyway. Are you ready for that? Come on, grab that coffee, pour that tea, sip your straw, and let's begin. Hey, the Church Abused Podcast Coach. I just said that wrong, but you've been here before, so you know what I mean. Um, And welcome, everybody, from literally everywhere. We have a guest today, and I just... Um, I, I've never said this in the podcast, and so I want to say it to our, our guest, Jessica Gomez, Dr. Gomez. Um, I do want to say, I'm going to read this list as we begin. This podcast is downloaded in the following countries. The United States, that's where we are, Canada, South Korea, New Zealand, Philippines, Turkey, Ireland, Singapore, Australia, and our latest two, the Ukraine and Egypt. Mm-hmm. Welcome every woman everywhere who is saying, oh my word, I found you. I found you. <laughs> we are covering a very universal topic here. There's some wolves in sheep's clothing case anybody hasn't noticed and they have wandered into the church and kind of taken over and this is not anything new to the bible but my goodness here we are shining light on it in order for all the victims to heal because that's number one we want healing for everyone and by golly gee how about preventing it from happening more and encouraging churches to uh, smarten up a little bit in how you handle things because God is watching. So today we have a guest. Jessica's been on the podcast before. She's kind of a favorite of mine. She's a former student. She's a psychology professor, um, specifically teaching an interesting class that can connect with this idea called The Psychology of Family and Domestic Violence. Mm. All right. So she's bringing her brain in that way. She's bringing her experience as she is a divorced Christian mother of two. And she said something to me in our conversation a couple months ago. Um, that I had never heard of before. And so it prompted a study, which is opening a whole new world for us to look at and discuss and uh, use as part of our healing process, the idea of sin leveling. So hello there, Jessica. Hello. Glad to be back. (laughs) Glad to be back. And thanks for teaching your teacher something. 
I had never heard of sin leveling. So all you people in our audience all over the world, oh, I love it. Um, maybe you have, maybe you've heard of sin leveling, but I thought, well, I can research and I can do a podcast about it, but why don't I get somebody who has, you know, thought those thoughts before? So we have Jessica here today to talk to us about that. So first thing, um, I guess would be a definition. So, so the easiest way to define sin leveling is it's this idea that in the eyes of God, all sin is equal. That's the nutshell version. I like, I like it in the eyes of God, all sin is equal. Yes. So if you deliberately throw a rock through your neighbor's window, or if you rape your neighbor's child. Yep, that's, that's, you're, you're on the right track there. Um, and there's a few scriptures that are often used to support this idea. I think a lot of people are familiar with the parallels that are made um, in the New Testament, talking about if you've ever looked upon a woman with lust, you have already committed adultery with her in your heart. If you've ever looked upon someone with hate, you've already murdered them in your heart. And there's a verse in James that says something that even if you've kept the whole law, but you failed at one point of it, you're guilty of all of it. And so those are some of the ideas that are drawn to create create this idea that when God looks at humanity, God sees all sin as equal. And if we try to differentiate the severity of different sins, we are only doing that because of our fallen human emotional nature. And we're not regarding people the same way that God would. Okay. So we are, we're judging, we're judging people. Basically. Yes. Okay. Being overly harsh, using a fallen human interpretation as a standard for unforgiveness. I mean, there, there's all sorts of, of ripple effects that come from this uh, philosophical idea. Okay. Um, I, I think that that's a really clear explanation of what it is and uh, a little bit of understanding of where it comes from. So people have heard those scriptures and um, there's oh. another famous one in Matthew seven um, about getting the plank out of your own eye before you worry about the little speck that is in somebody else's eye. Yes. Um, so we can Sorry, see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We have dogs playing over there. Um, the uh, the idea of sin leveling, though, is is something I'd like to get to because I think the the great folly comes into to its purpose. Like, what's the purpose of of somebody uh, in a counseling situation when you come and say, "Hey"? I've had some domestic violence or, hey, I, I think my counselor was inappropriate with me or, hey, the minister touched me where a minister should not touch, you know, mm -hmm. and it's in those kinds of moments that this conversation about sin leveling 
becomes a conversation. Absolutely. Um, I'm not sure that it becomes a conversation outside of those moments. Yeah, you you definitely see this idea introduced a lot when there are discussions of marital separation, when there are discussions of divorce, um, often frequently, like you had mentioned an example, in domestic violence cases, in abuse cases, or if you're calling out a member of, of the church of the clergy who behaved inappropriately, um, for example, in, in my personal situation, one of the things, because I... Even after domestic violence had occurred, I was willing to go to therapy and try to make things work. And I had had somebody, um, a Christian mentor, kind of ask me, what was what was my sticking point? Why couldn't I just go back? And I had said, you know, there, there was domestic violence. And in counseling sessions, to me, this does not seem like something that the root of it has been addressed. I don't feel safe that this is an issue that has actually been dealt with, that I wouldn't be going back into a harmful situation. Like to me, this seems like a big thing that has not been covered. Um, and I was told that it is my fallen human emotion that's making that seem like a bigger thing that in the eyes of God, that happening is no different than if he would have lied to me or been dishonest or lost his temper and yelled at, and cussed at me. Like it, it, to God's eyes, they were the same. And so for me to make that a sticking point of here's why I can't just forgive and go back was was me not viewing the situation in the same way that God would view it. And I was letting my fallen human emotions get in the way. And like to the example you gave of, of a, you know, a clergy member behaving inappropriately, a pastor touched me or something like that, a similar dialogue of as hurtful as that might've felt to you, if he's repented, in the eyes of God, you know, he he's forgiven the same way he would have been forgiven if, you know, if he would have lied to you and apologized, that God sees it the same. And a lot of times in people's experience within the church or the people's experience within Christian marriages, that tends to be the, the application of this that comes about. Yes. Yes. And so I'm wondering how many of our listeners are shaking their heads and uh -huh. saying, I have heard that. I have heard that. And this that wasn't one person that, that interacted with me this way. There were a lot of individuals within the religious community that I was sharing my story with and talking to and trying to seek mentorship from who had very similar responses and who made all types of interesting parallels to it would be no different if I was eating at a restaurant where I knew the cook and one of the waitresses was having an affair. Like it, it I, all kinds of bizarre parallels were being made. Um, but it's, I think we, we jump through hoops or not we, but like the, the church, we oftentimes jumps through hoops to really prioritize this idea of forgiveness and forgiveness is an amazing thing. And we see in scripture that forgiveness is very important, but we lose the separation between forgiveness and reconciliation, which is a topic for another day. Mm. But this sin leveling concept, a lot of times is what people try to use to make that bridge of if God sees all sin as being equal and you could forgive the little things, you should also be able to forgive the big things because in God's eyes, the big things and the little things are the same. So then if you've forgiven it, 
there should be reconciliation, what's the problem? Mm. And that's, that's the uphill battle that a lot of people face with this idea. Yes, yes. Um, let's get to the, I'd like to do an if-then statement. Sure. And have you fill this in. If all sins are equal, then his adultery, violence, pedophilia, porn, lust, rape towards you is. So if all sins are equal, then his fill in your blank negative action towards you is what? I mean, unfortunately, the way that normally goes is, is not that big of a deal. Is not that big of a deal. Okay. Or is, is forgivable, is reconcilable, mm -hmm. is, is your problem for not getting over it. You know, there's, there's all sorts of unfortunate ways that that's taken out of context mm -hmm. to put a positive spin on that idea for personal accountability. We could use this personally to say, if God sees all sin as being that there's something problematic in my heart mm. for a personal thing, it could be, if all sin is equal, I need to be checking my heart and I need to be monitoring and making sure that my heart is in the right place. But it's very different if we're using this idea for personal accountability than if we're using this idea for victim blaming and shaming. Victim blaming and shaming. That is such a beautiful distinction, Jess. Yes. Personal accountability is one thing. But to use this idea to keep... Uh, uh, all I can come up with is... The intention of the idea is to silence the uh -huh. victim. Yeah. Because if somebody, I'm reaching out to somebody because I'm hurt or I'm in danger. And I reach out and say, hey, here's the hurt. Here's the danger. Um, wh Whatever it is. It's the adultery. It's the pedophilia, violence, whatever it is. You're reaching out for assistance with something that is hurtful, harmful. And all that you get in return is like, well, you know, there's a lot of hurtful, harmful things uh -huh. and you yourself do hurtful, harmful things. Then that idea can only create silence in you. Like stop talking. Absolutely. Just stop talking. You have in a meta metaphorically no stones to throw. Uh -huh. um, and that's and that's another scripture that's often brought into this, right? Is Jesus? You mentioned the plank and the log, but the other one about the story of you know whoever is without sin cast a first stone, and oftentimes in these situations it is turned around of you want to accuse this person of what you're saying and this is this big bad sin let's look at your sins um and it just it becomes it becomes an unwinning an, an unwinning cycle and with such a sinister intent uh -huh. you want to make an accusation victim 
right? You want to say something. Well, let's say something back at you. So what is that essentially doing to the victim? It is protecting the wolves. Yeah. You don't get to talk. And the wolf can just keep going on, be as a predator to the next person. Yep. Because we do know that, that uh, somebody who engages in this uh, kind of activity doesn't Uh suddenly decide to stop. So that is the topic of another day too. Um, I I did want to mention that when uh, Jess first talked to me about this, I did a little bit of research. And if you are interested, our dear listeners, in pursuing this idea, because this has been said to you, these words have been said to you. Um, you're the worst sinner you know. All Christians are hypocrites. Get the log out of your own eye. If if you have heard words that have been said to you to essentially silence you, there's an author. Um, Jessica, you knew about Rebecca Davis. Um, yes, highly recommend. Wanna, highly recommend. Uh, yes. t- talk to us about um, your experience with this author. So her her series follows the theme that she has labeled untwisting scriptures. And she goes back to a lot of these verses, like the ones we talked about today with sin leveling. She goes back to a lot of these verses that are often taken out of context, that are often removed so much from their original meaning in scripture that they've been twisted. Mm-hmm. And her idea of untwisting scripture of, Let's get back to what this was actually, the context this was written in, what this was meant when it said, how we've misapplied these things. And she has a whole series on this. um, And she just very well researched, very easy to understand. You know, you don't don't need a a degree in biblical studies to be able to follow what she's saying and the way she's interpreting scriptures. Um, So yeah, very, very accessible, very easy to read, very interesting, covers a lot of very timely topics and a lot of things that people who have been hurt by the church have probably heard before. Uh, So uh, from, I had not read it, but I found the title and I pulled it up, um, you know, to give it a little order um, on my part here in Amazon. The title of this uh, book four is Untwisting the Scriptures, colon, Wolves, Hypocrisy, and Sin Leveling. So she's actually using that terminology in this book four. So I had not uh, known much about it, but folks, you could check that out. I understand as well, she has a blog and her blog is called Here's the joy.com. And it, it resonates with me because here at the Church Abused Pod, uh, Coach podcast, there, I know the title, I wrote it. Um, here, I don't want us to just break the silence, but I want us to find some healing and, and find a life that is lived victoriously beyond it. And just the the name of her blog, Here's the Joy, uh, gives me some peace in that. And then one other resource, um, the Roy's Report, 
R-O-Y-S, the Roy's Report podcast, lists in their subtitle, Reporting the Truth, Restoring the Church. And Julie Roy's has been like an investigative reporter on scandals within the house of God. So um, I also uh, feel a kinship to that title because it's not just that uh, if you listen to that podcast, you're going to, you get report the truth, you know, but you're also getting restoring the church. And I just want to tell our listeners that the Roy's Report podcast, episode 109, is with the author, Rebecca Davis. It was September 7th of 2022. And I'll have that in the show notes if you want to look that up and uh, listen to this author that Jessica has recommended because um, the church can do better. Mm -hmm. Absolutely can do better. Um, And shame on anyone who attends to use a technique to silence a victim. Yes. I would add with the theme of finding the healing, one Mm -hmm. page that I have found to be especially inspirational and healing is called Patrick Weaver Ministries. And he um, grew up in an abusive household. His father abused his mother and his mother had always thought that the best thing for him was if she stayed. And I believe ultimately the dad ended up murdering the mom, but he now is a very outspoken advocate for, because the church really pushed the mom to stay with the dad. And he is a very outspoken advocate for speaking to women who have left abusive situations uh-huh. and gotten negative feedback from the church or from friends who are believers about that. And he also really focuses on putting scriptures back in context, on clarifying things that are often said to these women. But he's very, all of this stuff is just very encouraging. It's all very, it's uplifting, it's healing, it's biblically based. Um, it is absolutely one of my favorite pages on the internet. Um, he has he has one on Facebook. It's Patrick Weaver Ministries. So I would highly recommend that with the finding the healing theme. Finding the healing. Oh, just thank you. I'm, you know, I'm going to be right at that when I get done here. Um, is there anything else, girl, you'd like to add to to help help our our audience in all these different countries? Can I say it again? I love how broad of a scope this is. That is just fantastic. I know. I think. Yeah, I think. I think that's my big one for today. But okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, if you ever want to explore that that topic further that you were saying about people that do this don't just tend to stop, I have I have lots of stuff we could talk about with that from my, my class, so we can plan a date for that. I think we should. I think we should. My favorite uh, book that I've found so far um, is written by Lundy Bancroft. Why yes. does he do that? Um, yes, that's so. A good one. Um, that was a very healing piece for me all those years ago. So um, podcast friends. Also, Lisa Turker's uh, Good Boundaries and Goodbyes. That's a good one too. Oh, nice. We are going to continue podcasting. And so there's, there's hope and we will continue to find and give you resources out there. And I just want to thank you so much, Jess, for you. your time today because... 
Time is precious and you're I giving it. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, girl. Hey friend, if you found hope in today's episode, would you let the world know? Head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I would really love that. Hey, say hello on my Facebook page, Victorious Anyway, as together we break the silence, find the healing, and live victorious anyway.